Hi, welcome to Talk Comics to Me. It's Wednesday. Uh, we got some new books. Not a lot of the same this week, so something a little different going on. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, Not so, a whole lot, actually. Yeah, so I am, I am Champ Champenstein. I'm Heather. <laughs> and yeah, go ahead. Let's okay. do this. So I have, um, this is issue number one of Faithless Part 2. Um, they could have easily just gone with issue number seven. Um, cause it's literally, it's a continuation of the first story. Like it picks up like pretty much right where it yeah. left off. Um, faith in the first part is trying to find inspiration to be creative. Her friends are dying. Satan's in it. Blah, blah, blah. And this one, she has found her inspiration, motivation, creativeness, um, in the form of a, a her girlfriend and her girlfriend's dad. Uh, she's banging them. They, the dad has some sort of connection to the devil, and it has to do with, you know, giving up your soul pretty much to sell your art. But it's still good, I guess. Uh, the art... <laughs> still good, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those stories that's like... The dialogue is really good between the characters. I really like the characters, but I just want the story to just go. Yeah. Like, just move. Like, just do something. It's just like, yeah, yeah. it seems flat. Yeah. Um, I, I still love the art. I think it's fucking cool. Oh, my God. The best part of this book that I just saw when I was flipping through it, uh, she fucking makes paint with her period blood. That's incredible. Uh, anyway, it comes with a naughty cover, which you know that's the whole reason I, like, signed up for this in the first place is because I just wanted to see different artists drawing very sexual situations. <laughs> Did not disappoint. Uh, I feel like those, like, covers, like, some of them are, like, less graphic than others. Like, that one is, like, extremely graphic. Yeah, no, some of them are very tasteful. <laughs> uh, so then I have... Wait, are you gonna... Okay, yeah, never mind. What, what's... <laughs> take those, take turns, please. I need to take turns. I have uh, Batman's Grave. This is issue number seven. Look at that handsome man on yeah, the cover. Yeah, this, uh... This Frank Quietly cover just makes me... Makes, it makes me hot. I was going to say hot. it makes me cum, so I don't know what's wrong with us Mine, mine was a uh, more tasteful <laughs> version of what you said. <laughs> okay, so comic books, right? I know what's wrong with us. I don't even know. This particular issue, I honestly, every time I pick up this book, I'm like, yeah, I need to go back and reread everything because I, I have an idea of what's going on. But I'm always just like, I'll just fly headfirst into this without any previous knowledge. Especially because it's been so long. So this issue doesn't have a lot of punching, but it starts out right away with Batman's car exploding. So there's a really great scene where he's just like walking through the city, like behind a bus stop and all these, like you can see him like walking from here and he just like gets closer and all these people just like... He's in his suit. He's in his, like, bat suit and stuff. Uh, It's good. It's good. Uh, But this follows, um, so some, like, whoever he's following is, like, kind of a step ahead of him. And so this particular issue is a lot of uh, Bruce and Alfred kind of having a back and forth, trying to figure out the mystery of who this is and trying to figure out a way to, like, make them think that they don't know that he's ahead of them in those steps. Oh. So yeah, no, it's it's really good. I think I think I understand. I think I know what's going on. 
even though I acted, was, acted like I did not. I mean, you seem to have it. I have like a vague grass. idea. Yeah. Okay, that's a good cover. It's a good cover. <laughs> I enjoy the comic. It's Batman shit. And you said there were eight, twelve. You said twelve. Twelve. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure there are twelve. Yeah, that would. That's the second time. I'm I'm best me. friends with Warren Ellis, and he <laughs> there's twelve. Jesus. <laughs> Best friends. Yeah. I read his email every week. That means we're best friends, right? He knows I exist. It's such a weird thing sharing an email with you because I have this thing where if an email I've already read is there, I don't bother opening it again to see what it is. So anytime I check my email and his orbital pops up and it says it's already been read, I just always forget to read it because I'm like, oh, I've already read this one. I'll just mark them as unread now. Okay. That would help a lot. Yeah. I promise I'll do that. Okay. I'm a baby. (laughs) Okay. So I have, um, the, I can never, the Camarian, Sumerian? The Camarian. <laughs> Which uh, guy from Mortal Kombat does the, the get over here? The Scorpion? Okay. That's how. The Camarian. <laughs> okay, so it's the Camarian, uh, Red Nails, number one. Um, oh, God. This is uh, just, you know... Conan. Yeah, Conan Conan. being Conan. uh, He runs into Valeria. They fight a big dragon beast, and then they end up in a um, cathedral type thing, I guess. A temple. A church? Uh, Kind of. Uh, They use a couple different words for it. But basically, they they run into this building, (laughs) and they discover that there's a whole city within the building. It's like a, a hidden thing um and you're kind of introduced to the people or at least one person who lives there who's fighting off the bad guys i'm not even going to try to pronounce their names i'm sorry um because they won't be right at all um can you make up new names for them tichi it's close right anyway um but yeah it uh kind of alludes to the fact that there's a going to be like helping these people defend their city okay. um there is reading at the back i'll say that's a lot of stuff um how is anyone supposed to read that um print i have no idea are you so, supposed to have a magnifying glass this, oh my god this is the text in the back um you can read it if you want i am planning on getting to it but i have to read it like this because it's so small that is insane yeah so why i don't I don't know. That is an odd, odd choice. Like, why I mean, not? Yeah, just, they like, could have just added more pages in the back. And even if you didn't, it just maybe. <sighs> yeah, it's weird. There's a lot to read. So when I get to it, I'll get to it. Uh, so now I have Batman issue or Batman the Adventure continue. The adventures continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, issue number one. So this is just a a continuation of the cartoon, and then oh, cool the animated series it kind of supposedly like the idea is that it takes off after uh the batman's the adventures of batman and superman if you ever watched that so this issue kind of just introduces you to like who's gonna be in it just like lex Luthor's there batman's there they kind of bring superman in so it's just it's literally just like reading the batman animated series but is it gonna be justice league no, it's no. going to be Batman. Okay, just Batman? Just okay. Batman. Okay. I'm sure there'll be... Featuring appear- Justice League? I'm sure there'll be appearances by people, <laughs> but this particular issue just deals with, like, 
Lex Luthor trying to take Brainiac and that's too bubbly. <laughs> trying to take Brainiac and use him like against Superman. That sounds interesting. Would I have to like because the last time I had seen the the show was. Oh, you know, when it was on TV, I don't have to, like, go back and watch anything to know what's going on here? Okay. No, I think if, I mean, you can just have, like, that idea of, like, you know, you know who's bad, you know who's good. Right. Okay. If you just read a book, I think you'll get it. I read books. Yeah, I think you're okay at it. I can figure it out. (laughs) Okay. Okay. A lot of number ones. Yeah, number ones city. So this is Adventure Man number one. Number one. This is uh, Matt Fraction and then the Dodsons. The Dodsons. (laughs) The Dodsons. And Clayton Coles on, on uh, letters. So this book is, I don't know. I like I like how it starts out. You're kind of just thrown into this like Adventure Man story, and you're introduced to the the players within Adventure Man, and then you find out that it's actually a single mom reading a story to her son. As the story progresses, you learn that she's part of like this big family, and everybody kind of has these exciting lives, but she seemingly doesn't yeah but i feel like it's by choice yeah oh yeah 100%. yeah she's just like i just want to raise this kid like that's it i'm taking my hearing aids out fuck you yeah and that is also a huge part of the story is that she is deaf and uses hearing aids so that plays a lot into like her character and how she feels and how she kind of treats the world around her uh, and then it kind of just wraps up with her, you finding out that she owns this bookstore and some sort of, like, mysterious visitor comes and gives her what seems to be, like, an Adventure Man novel. Yeah, it kind of, to me, feels like Adventure Man is actually, like, real. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, the people in there and their worlds are, like, gonna collide. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited about it. And, you know, I always love that idea of, like, very meta, like, books that, like... You love meta. I love meta books. Yeah. Where it's, like, the real world is colliding with, like, that fake world. Which is, I think, like, you know, I always really loved Princess Bride growing up. Just, like, same idea. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. So. It's good. Yeah, so Adventure Man's great. Um, The art's really, really good. I'm personally not a huge... We had this conversation earlier... I'm not a huge fan of uh, the Dodsons. I don't, like, their faces are a little too similar. But, like, I did not mind this at all. The colors were really, yeah, the color scheme was really, really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. So if that's something that may be holding you back, definitely don't. don't I would say it's worth it in this because enough happens that the people seem to actually change. Yeah, for sure. Also, this this is a hefty, hefty issue. It is very long it's at least 40 pages it's at least 40 pages and it is full of words but it's really interesting it does have that like pulp feel for sure Mm -hmm. uh i really liked matt fraction's um author's notes in the back kind of talking about how long this project has been like bubbling around and it's cool to actually like yeah see it in that fruition even though i didn't know know? right I'm, I just think, like, good for you, man. I'm glad you finally got to do it. That's <laughs> yeah, how I always feel when the author's notes are like, this idea has been bouncing around in my head for 17 years. And it's like, ah, good for you. I'm so glad you, you know, actually got to get it out. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and I really, I'm excited. I really like the main character. I really like Claire and mm-hmm. her son. I didn't write down his name. He's just a kid. He's <laughs> She's, yeah, I really, really like her character because 
I mean, she's already really developed when you first meet her. Mm-hmm. There's not, like, a lot of background you need on her. Yeah, and I think she's, like, relatable in a sense, too. As a single mother, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am a huge single mother. <laughs> I, I relate. I relate hard. I have many kids. <laughs> Their names are Megatron and Anti-Gravity. The biggest kids of them all. Okay. <laughs> they don't get along, but it's fine. They're siblings, you can tell. <laughs> Um, I have, um, this book. I was starting to doubt myself on what it was called because I was going to call it Druid because that's how I've always pronounced it. Um, but I have heard it pronounced Dryad. That's what I always have said. Or I mean, if you're a fan of Star Wars, the Dyad. Is that right? (laughs) Is that, did I pronounce it right at least? I don't know. Still haven't seen those movies. Um, the last three. I'll get to him. Anyway, um, so this is <laughs> Druid, is what I'm calling it. Um, this is the second issue. This kind of picks up where the first one left off. The The kids are naughty. They were doing shit that they weren't supposed to, and they got sucked into this hole, <laughs> if I remember correctly. It's been a long time since that first issue came oh, out. Oh, yeah, because that was when I was in Texas. Yeah. Um... But basically this goes, uh, one of the kids was able to escape and he ran to their parents who the mother, Monica, is a ex-soldier, I'm just going to say. That's kind of what she seems like. Um, So she is like, all right, let me go grab all my guns and let's go. (laughs) And the dad, who is the historian of the two, uh, stays behind, which I love that dynamic. I think that's really fucking cool. So the mom finds her old, like, soldier friend and they go to rescue these kids and they run into people who they've known in the past apparently so that's the twist okay but i don't know who these people are and i don't know like you know what how they know each other um so it's not really a twist it's just the ending um i really like this just because i really like the uh the mom the main character yeah, that was, like, what I liked about the first issue. Yeah, she's super cool. Uh, she's tough. She protects her family, and I just love that. That's a good good quality all around. Mm-hmm. I also, I really like the dad, too, just because he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to stay home then. I'm just going to look in my textbooks. <laughs> I'm sure that's what he says. I'm going to look in my textbooks. <laughs> Which textbook today? Push up my glasses. Make fun of me. <laughs> I mean, I do it. I know, I do it all the time. Uh, so I guess I'm going to go now. This is Daredevil issue number 20. This is two of two Ascension. Uh, if you remember from when I was in Texas, this is when this also last came out. I remember when you were in Texas. (laughs) I remember when I was in Texas 17 million years ago. Mm -hmm. I remember. (laughs) Which was actually only in March. March 3rd. Yeah. Yeah, because literally the week after you got back is when everything, like, shut down. Yeah. So, uh, in the first part of this particular two-story arc, two-issue story arc, uh, the Stormwinds had made Hell's Kitchen fucking explode and is on fire, and everybody's basically fighting for the- Literally, everything's on fire. They're- exploding things they've sent a shit ton of like villains into hell's kitchen they've cut off all sort of communication out like nobody's cell phones are working they haven't allowed any of um 
sorry, any of, like, the news stations to know, like, any of that information because nobody can get anything out. They can't get anybody in. And finally, like, somebody, like, because they're all using cell phones, like, an old lady uses a landline Mm -hmm. to call, like, the news station. And it's like, smart. (laughs) hey, this is, like, Hell's Kitchen is on fire. Like, you need to send somebody here. Why isn't this being reported? So... (laughs) And the cops are, you know, whatever. The cops are working for the storm winds. I just, I love that little detail. I'm not going to ever stop thinking about it and relating it to, like, maybe that was Chip inserting himself into the story because he has a landline. Because <laughs> he's a 90-year-old woman. I, I feel like Chip would have a landline. Yeah, I also feel like, but he would also have, like, one of those, like, clear, clear phones from, like, the 90s. That, like, yeah, I probably. feel like rich kids had. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why I feel like rich kids had those. I don't know. Damn, if that's, that's like, weird. I don't know if that's some poor people mentality or what that is. I never had my own landline. I didn't have, like, my own landline, but I did have a phone in my room, maybe. I mean, we at least had cordless phones. So. Yeah. We had one phone, and my mom was always on it talking shit to my fucking aunt every night. So, anyway, sorry. So, yeah, no, that's on it. It was uh, an interesting end to that story arc. I, I don't want to tell you what happens because it's a spoiler. And also, I don't know how it'll affect what happens in the next issue. That's, he's he just a, doesn't care about anything anymore. No. He's like, I was out for three hours <laughs> last week. Yeah, he's being a little shit. Okay, you go ahead. Okay. Um, so, I have Wellington. This is issue number four. I'm not going to get into this uh, because Champ is in the process of like getting to it yeah so i don't want to spoil anything but um i I did buy it during during shutdown pandemic pandemic times so i should have read it a long time ago but didn't that's okay um because i can say that the plot of this issue is them hunting the bargeist bargeist i'm however you say it vargas vargas it's a b well every time i see it i pronounce it like in dragon age inquisition there's a uh animal monster slash thing called mm-hmm. the Varkeist. Okay. So that's what you're... Yeah, that's always how I, like, pronounce it in my head. Um, but anyway, yeah, they're just hunting that without giving anything away. Okay. Uh, this is Something is Killing the Children. This is issue number seven. This is after... This picking up after the first story arc. So okay. there's been a little bit of a break. You know, also pandemic stuff. Yeah, pandemic. But this is introducing uh, kind of, it's hard to describe. I'm trying to think. I'm doing a bad job. The beginning starts with the mother of one of the children. She's just like in her robe after they've discovered all the bodies that like from the monsters. She's in a robe. Well, because that's like a very like. It's like a detail within oh, okay, okay. the story where right, that her, makes more sense. her son comes and is like, you need to go home and get dressed. And she's like, I'm not going to go home and get dressed until like, I know that, that my child is in there and is dead. Uh, so that's kind of how the story starts and kind of gets you in that mood of like remembering how everything happened. And then you kind of get to Erica and she's hunting the monsters and she has a higher council that she answers to and she's kind of done wrong. I don't know if you remember that from, like, the yeah, very end I of the story. Yeah, I remember saying that. So they have sent somebody to oversee her. 
And that's that's basically kind of how that ends. Are you still enjoying it? Yeah, no, I still really, really like it. I really like just, like, the characters, and I really like Erica a lot and kind of how, I don't know, she's, she has obviously a personal vendetta that they haven't really, like, 100% delved, delved into, mm-hmm. but I don't know, there's just something really interesting about her character, and she, like, seemingly cares about, like, the people she's trying to protect, like, the counselor, council wants her to use, like, the the kid James and the young girl Beyond, I think, was her name. The two that survived the monster attacks to, like... Like in the first book? Yeah. Okay. To lure in the other monsters because the only way that they're solid is if they eat. That makes sense. And, like, they are basically attracted to these two because of their, like, previous encounters with them. Okay. So yeah, it's it's weird, it's interesting. I think I'm going to have to get that first trade. Yeah. Because I wanted to read it when it first came out, but by the time, I don't know, we got more issues, it was already like issue number two or three, and I just was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'll read it. 100% worth it. Especially if you like horror books, so. You know I love horror books. You know. Okay. All right. <laughs> Next we have uh, Decorum. This is issue number two. This is uh, uh, pretty confusing. Um, I don't know if we've been, I like, I feel like the pieces are there. I don't know if we've given, been given, like, the full picture. Right, right. It is coming together. Um, I don't know. I know that when I read the first one, I, I knew that she was an assassin and I knew that she was a very polite assassin. She still is, but I feel like the story is, like, bigger than just that, I obviously it is bigger than just that one storyline, but I mm-hmm. I want to know how she plays into everything else. Yeah. So the way Decorum is set up is uh, with a story, like, I think the timeline, you're not very, 100% sure of the timeline, but I assume these witches, or mothers as they're called, I don't know why I called them witches, but that was just what I thought immediately. Mothers are witches. Are trying to, like, use this egg to gain some sort of upper hand against um, a, a god. That's what it seems like, yeah. And the god's people. So it followers. has followers. So it does have very, like, intense ideas of, like, colonialism and, like, spreading religion and that aspect of it. And then there's also a storyline of this assassin and it follows her in different aspects of time as well. It seems like it's very, it's very Hickman. Yes. Um, eggs everywhere. Eggs everywhere. (laughs) Eggs everywhere. Um, yeah, I, I really do like how it's written. I just wish that, and this is me just being stubborn and needing to know everything. Like right at the beginning is like, I wish I knew exactly not just how they were connected or how they are connected, but in what timeline are they in? Like, mm-hmm. that would help me out a lot when I'm reading this. Cause well, and I mean, especially, I guess, also, the mothers said that they've been doing this thing for, what, 6,000 years? Yeah, like thousands and thousands so of years. So would we only also assume that this has been a fight that's been happening while, like, she's also doing her job. Right, and she's going to be involved, involved in, in whatever, like, yeah. the egg in some way, like, maybe, yeah. 
it's all connected, and I do have a feeling it is, like, at the same point in time. It's just three different, like, sectors. Yeah. And just like a Hickman book, there's maps, there's lots of words. The it's, graphs are so cool. The graphs are really cool. I really like the resurrection cycle graph uh, be just because it has fucking egg in the middle. I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. I just really like this book. And I love that each uh, section or chapter, like, the art is different. Yeah. Like, they're all very similar, obviously, because it's Hoddleston. He's on all of them. But they're just different enough that you can tell that it's different groups. Yeah. And I just really love that. It just feels just, like, so high sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... I'm excited to see it all come together. Yeah. So, yeah, if you like Hickman books, it's definitely worth it in that sense. Yeah. All right, dog. Oh, yeah. Um, so I have No One's Rose... This is issue number two. This is about um, humans that are living in a, in a bubble because life can't exist outside. Mother Nature is pretty much extinct. Um, they are kind of barely surviving because life in there is also dying. And it focuses on a brother and sister who are on two different sides. So the, the sister is on the side where she believes that Mother Nature is there for us to control, essentially. Where the okay. brother's on the side where he believes that everyone should be free. Everyone should be able to do what they want. You know, all that kind of thing. He doesn't want to be controlled by the people who control Mother Nature. Okay. That makes um, sense. Yeah. And it's um, very interesting to see uh, their dynamic because they're obviously their brother and sister and they love each other very, very much. They're all they have. Mm-hmm. But they're on completely different sides. So. Hmm. And I mean, even even yeah. the sister who is on the wrong side, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make that decision now. Um, she's doing it for the right reasons because she wants to, I guess, kind of learn and force Mother Nature to grow so mm-hmm. that they can evolve outside of the bubble that they've been in. Okay, she's yeah, so creating she, like, her own version of Mother Nature to save them. Because she okay. doesn't want to be stuck in the bubble either, but she's trying to use it to, like, her advantage. Because she is very smart. All right. Yeah. Interesting. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a very weird book. Um, I kept seeing it called a solar punk, and I don't like that at all. I think that's weird. There are too many subgenres of the punk movement. Just call it punk, dude, and just get over it. Yeah, well... What does that mean? You don't need a title within a title. That's so weird. I just, like, I don't... Is it saying, like, like they're into Earth? Is that what... Yeah. That's a weird way to put that. Yeah. I didn't... I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that at all. You can talk now. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't like that at all. I don't like it. Uh, just like you're not going to like that drink. <laughs> I have... Gins- but I keep drinking it. I know. I have Ginseng Roots number four. This book is... This book has a lot lot going on. This just covers Craig Thompson's life as a child working on ginseng farms. This particular issue covers when he was rock picking. And it, there's lots of facts in here. It's a, a textbook. It's kind of a textbook. It also, like, yeah, it just has a lot of information. And it is also interesting how, like, he weaves that information into this story about his life. So it's basically, like, you're learning all of the things that he, like, has also learned. So it... It is interesting. I do really like it. It is something that, like, 
it, it it is very small in its appearance but as you get going you realize that it is like a very full text and you are like in for quite a bit of like reading and story but 100% worth it I just I like I don't know I like the dynamic of his life and like him talking about the past as a kid and him as an adult in the same town going to this like ginseng festival and like interacting with all the farmers he did in the past and like asking them questions about the present cool maybe all the bubbles maybe I'll have to read that and catch up <laughs> this bubbly water is doing stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Okay. It's worth it, 100% worth it. Do you, um, you know, the tidbits of information that you learn in there, do you ever pull them out randomly during conversations with people? Not yet. Then is it really worth it? <laughs> it, it, it is worth <laughs> it. I mean, once again, I just, like I said earlier, I don't know how much I would remember any of those factoids for how long. Yeah. I am not very good at that sort of thing. I have a, a note in my phone where whenever I learn something new, I write it down in there. So if it's like interesting enough anyway, so that I can insert them into conversations yeah. and just sound smarter. I mean, I've learned a lot about ginseng. Interesting. So have you ever tried ginseng candy? Yeah, I have. Do you like it? Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. But yeah, they talk about like the different like, uh, the red soil that's here, like the red rocks that are in Wisconsin and how like they cause the ginseng to taste different than like the ginseng in Canada and like the different ways that like how like fragile ginseng is. I just, yeah. That is interesting. Did, does it, did they say if it has anything to do with like the salt in the rocks? I ha I mean, I haven't quite finished it yet. I remember it was a few okay. page pages right, right, off, right, right. but it might just be because of like how rich the soil is. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, they talk about like the glacial, uh, portion of Wisconsin and mm -hmm. like how all of that like affected all of the ground and soil and makes it like so much more rich. Dang. I feel like I learned something anyway. <laughs> Thank you. You're so welcome. Okay. So with that lesson done, um, <laughs> I'm going to move on to Excalibur's number 10. And you don't even know if I'm lying or not. Maybe that's not even in the book. Well, you know, I, that's why I always have Google to fact check. <laughs> But, um, again, I don't want to go into this because I'm going to leave this so you can okay. read it. Um, but it's basically, I don't even know how to, like, say anything without giving, like, the big aha moment <laughs> without spoiling it. But, basically, um, Betsy is, and her crew of Excaliburites, is that, would that be it? Uh, that works for me. Um, they are being... I can't even say that. Excalibur. I, I won't be able to say it again. I don't know how I said it the first time. Um, her and her crew are getting attacked by uh, the humans in London, and um, they're, they have no way to get home. Okay. Stuff starts happening. They run into a familiar face, two of them, actually, and I went, because uh, I was confused for a minute. This uh, timeline does not align with any of the other stories. It's catching up. Um, I personally feel like this is kind of a weaker issue. Um, I still enjoyed it, however, okay. but I feel like, you know, it's just one of those that's leading up to, like, something really big, big. that's going to happen. So it has a lot of, like, little big things that are happening throughout it, but nothing, like, that really just explodes. Yeah. 
Um, I love Teeny though, so we love Teeny in this house. So yeah, that was my ex-book for the day. <laughs> I didn't get any ex-books. It makes me, made me feel sad. I know. That's why I was like going to make you read it real fast because we always talk about ex-books together, but it's okay. I'm sorry. I'll just I'm leave it failure. for you. No, you're not a failure. So then I lastly have Bitterroot. This is issue number eight. And this issue, oh, the Sangaries have split up. Uh, Blink, who is the daughter who Maeda is trying to be like, don't fight. You should be a healer. Uh, she is in Harlem talking to the police and giving them the cure and telling them, you know, these are, you hit these with these, these with these, and she has a flashback to when her mother is leaving, and she's just like, I don't want to lose you again, and her mother's like, but, like, this family, like, needs you very specifically, so, like, you cannot come with us, because she's like, you have the ability to fight, like, nobody else, and you have, like, the ability, like, you're very smart and to, like you're really good at making cures and potions and stuff so that's kind of like what this that part of the one issue is about and the other part is about oh gosh i can why am i not why am i blanking on their names uh berg uh why i'm i'm blanking i'm blanking you should have written it down i should have written it down i i didn't think about writing these ones down but the the other half of the family uh, is fighting or going down to fight and find that Andro, which is like the big, big bad, so to speak, mm-hmm. which Berg is kind of driving them towards because he is been infected. So he has this like feeling or like he can sense, I guess, mm-hmm. where they should be going to find him. And then it kind of just ends with them going to this town that dang these colors are so good yeah the colors the colors in art of this book are really really great it go- ends with them going to this town filled with just racist rednecks who's this little boy that is uh johnny oh my god johnny ray he looks like jimmy jimmy oh yeah i you know i'm just redheads <laughs> Johnny, yeah, Johnny Ray. That's his name. I don't know how I even remember He's that. He's so cute. But what is he doing with that group? In the first issue, or the first few issues, if I remember right, he was like with the wrong group of people and was being a very racist, shitty person, and he got his life saved by one of the Singaries and. So he's in debt to them, basically. But like by choice. Yeah. He's like, yep. I, I'll and live out the rest to, of my life yeah, trying to be, atone, be a better person. Cool. But yeah, I don't know. That book, I still, I still think it's really worth it. It's really interesting. I really do like the aspects of that, of the book, the emotions that they bring into it, the history. The characters are all really, really interesting, even if I can't remember their names. You remember Johnny? I remember Johnny and I remember Blink, which, and Ma Edda. <laughs> yeah. At least you got some. Yeah. That's good. Some, some's better than none, right? Three out of nine. <laughs> yeah. So, highly suggest Bitterroot. I didn't read any of the back content. Okay. And that's it. That's, that's it. A, that's, that's, all got. that's all we got. That's all we got. It's a it's a new week. It's, it's an end. Yeah. It's the end. It's new. It's the end. Then go We're, buy go buy comics. Okay. Support everyone you know. Yeah. Support your friends, and uh, we love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>